A flower doesn't grow to be a flower in order to receive reward. A flower is a flower. Episode number 102. Welcome to the Torah Podcast. Lessons from authentic Judaism. Get the tools and inspiration you need for personal growth. Hosted by Rabbi Mitterhoff. Shalom, this is Rabbi Elio Mitterhoff with this week's Torah Podcast. This week we're on Perkyavos, Ethics of Our Fathers, the first chapter in the third Mishnah. Do you love God? Understanding our purpose. Then we're going to have a powerful parable about a blind thief, a great story about a Jewish businessman, and peace in your home, honoring your husband, and honoring your wife. The third Parkiavos in chapter 1 reads like this. Edignos of Sokol received the tradition from Shimon Hasadik. He used to say, Do not be like the servants who serve their master in order to receive reward, but rather be like the servants who serve their master in order to not receive reward, and let the fear of heaven be upon you. So Rashi explains what does it mean that we shouldn't serve God in order to receive reward. He says like this, that we shouldn't say that we'll do a mitzvah in order to fulfill our own personal needs. Rather, we should serve God from love and we should accept everything that God does with love. And Rashi further explains what does it mean that the fear of heaven should be upon you? You have to believe, you have to have fear of heaven because in this world there is no schar mitzvah. We don't receive reward in this world for the mitzvahs. Like it says, today to do them, but not today to bekabal schar. We don't get schar in this world. We don't get reward in this world, and therefore a person should do the mitzvahs just because of love, not because of reward. Now what Rashi means is the real reward is really reserved for the next world. Obviously, we do get blessings in this world. And the Rambam brings down a halacha in Hilkas Tshuva, chapter 10, halacha 4, he says like this, The sages of the previous generation declared, Should one say, I will study Torah in order to become wealthy, and I will be called a rabbi, or that I, re- I will receive my reward in the world to come. The Torah teaches, if you are careful to observe my commandments, to love God, implying that all that one should do should be only out of the love of God. The sages also said, desire his commandments greatly. Desire his commandments and not the reward for his commandments. In a similar manner, now he brings down our Mishnah. In a similar manner, the great sages will command the more understanding of brilliant students in private. Do not be like the servants who serve their master for the sake of receiving reward. Rather, since he is the master, it is fitting to serve him out of love. And that's our Mishnah that we just read before. So the Rama brings it down to the halacha. The law is that you should not serve God in order to receive reward. You have to do it out of love. And the Ramban explains why do they only used to teach this Mishnah in private? Because people made a mistake. That's where the Sadukim started. They went off of the derek. They went off of the way because they read this Mishnah and they understood that there's no reward at all. In other words, why should I serve God at all if there's no reward so there's no purpose to being religious? But that was a misreading of the Mishnah and there really is a reward in the next world. The reward just happens to be not in this world. And the Rabbeinu Yonah explains that we shouldn't serve God in order to receive a reward. Why not? This is not called perfect service. Because you're not doing it for your master. Rather, you're doing it in order to receive reward. So why should you do it? Rather, 
because of the chesed that Hashem has done for us, all the good that Hashem has done for us up to now, and because of the greatness of God. And he explains that that's called serving God out of love. If you serve him for everything that he's done for you before, and because of his greatness, because of God's greatness, that's called serving out of love. And in the end of the Mishnah that says you should have the fear of God, what's fear? Also, because of God's greatness, we're afraid God is so great and so big. And also because he has the ability to punish. So love comes out to be everything that God's given us up to now because of his greatness. And fear comes out to be that he has the ability to punish and also because of his greatness. And those are the pure reasons for serving God. And the Rabbeinu Bachi explains also that serving God in order to receive reward, that's not called pure service. Not only that, he says, it's not fitting to do such a thing, to have the attention to receive reward for the mitzvahs at all. That's not a reason to do the mitzvahs. But rather, we should be doing them out of love. But even so, that's why it says at the end of the Mishnah that the fear of heaven should be upon you. Because if you have tremendous love for Kaddish Baruch Hu, God forbid you could become lightheaded, he says, Kalos Rosh. And you might come to do affairs because of that. You might come to sin. So you have to have both qualities. You have to have the love of God and the fear of God. And he also says another very beautiful thing. He says, Schar mitzvah mitzvah. When you do a mitzvah, what's the reward? A mitzvah. The mitzvah itself, the next mitzvah itself is the reward. And you shouldn't be looking at any other type of reward at all. He says, why? I mean, somebody who does that, it's like he drank from poisonous waters. And he doesn't have the merit to taste from the river of honey of the Torah itself. In other words, once you taste the sweetness of Torah, the spirituality of Torah, well, how could you possibly think of getting physical rewards? It's ridiculous. Because he says, don't think that the mitzvah and its reward are two separate things. They're one thing. Because when you do a mitzvah, your soul feels it, and the light of the mitzvah goes into your neshama. Therefore, the real merit that we get when we do a mitzvah is the mitzvah itself, the pleasure that we get from doing the mitzvah, schar mitzvah mitzvah. Also, he says by averas, when a person sins, he gets a ruach shtus, a bad spirit goes into him, and he feels horrible. That itself is the onish. When you do a sin, the sin itself is the onish. This is what he says. And the Rashbat explains that these two qualities of love and fear are really zrizis, which means the energy that you need to do the mitzvahs, and the fear has to do with being careful not to do averas, which means the positive mitzvahs and the negative commandments. And he says that somebody who really has love of God, so even if it's difficult, and even if his life has all kinds of problems, it won't stop him at all from serving God. He won't even think about it, he says. That's on the positive side. And if he has the fear of God, he won't think to do averas. And he explains the fear of God doesn't mean the fear of punishment. What's his proof? He has a beautiful proof. Because the Pasuk said by Avram Avinu, just as he was about to Shech Yitzchak, the angel came and said, stop, and told him, now I see that you're your Shemayim, now I see you have the fear of God. So he says it couldn't be fear of punishment. What could be a greater punishment than his son passing away? He wasn't afraid of punishment. So you see, the fear of God just means the fear of the greatness of God. 
And the Bartanur explains what's the Lushan pras, almanas lekabel pras, the Lushan's reward. But pras actually means not the direct consequence of what you're doing. It's not like when you work and you get paid. No, a pras means something extra. So he says, even something like that, even a perk. For example, when you do a mitzvah, you want Hashem to look kindly upon you. You want to feel that extra level of spirituality. He says, even that a person should do it for. Even a small perk like this, you shouldn't serve a God. Rather, you should just serve him from love alone. But the Tosvos Yom Tov explains, and we know it's a famous Gemara that says, the Gemara in Baba Basra that says, that if you give tzedakah on the condition that your son will be healed, you consider the Sadiq Gamor. You're considered a totally righteous person. So here we see an example of a person who gives tzedakah, he does the mitzvah of tzedakah, and he wants to receive a reward. He wants that his son will be healed, and that's called a tzedakah gamor. So what is this Mishnah talking about? So he explains that he's still considered a righteous person, but we must know there are much higher levels. That's the lowest level. We have to do things on a higher level. We shouldn't do it for the reward. And the Teferi Surel explains what does it mean that we should be like a servant. There's two types of servant. One where you own the work of the servant. One where we actually own the body of the servant. He says we should be like servants that God owns our bodies. Ya'iz, we should have the chutzpah, levakesh skar. How can we possibly ask for reward? Hashem owns us. And the Maharal asked, how can it be that we should serve God not to receive reward? It's written many places in the Torah that we receive reward. Like it says, Laman in order that I should do good to you, Laman that I should also give you a long life, and other many, many other places. So we see from the mitzvahs we get reward in this world. So he wants to explain that no, but you shouldn't do it for that sake. Only that you shouldn't do it in order to receive the reward. Of course you're going to receive rewards. Of course you're going to receive blessings. But you shouldn't be doing it for that reason. For sure, the essential way to serve God is out of love. And if you do it for the schar, that's not called the essential voda. It's not what we're here for. What are we here for, he explains. Ki kol maisa adam panim Hashem. Man's whole purpose in life is to serve God. It's not just we take God on the side. Yeah, I'm also religious. I'm also religious. <laughs> That's not called being religious. Being religious means that you look at your life in the service of God. Everything you do should be to serve God and not to receive the reward and not as a side thing. He explains the essential service that man should do is because he loves God. And he desires to do the mitzvahs. And by this he will come to cling to God. But he explains this is not a simple thing, as we know. Because the love has to be love just for the love of God itself. Because we recognize his greatness. And because God himself is true. And his mitzvahs are true. And therefore we love to do the mitzvahs because that's who we are. We're doing the mitzvahs because the mitzvahs were true and we were created to do them. And that's on the side of loving God. We should cling to God. But the Mishnah also ends. It says we should have fear of heaven. Why does it never say love of heaven and says fear of heaven? Because fear means that we need to be distant. And that's what we say, Yerut Shemaim, the fear of heaven. On the other hand, love means devakis, clinging to God. And we don't say the love of heaven. We say the love of God. 
And the Ruach HaChaim explains that man is really a very lowly thing. We're made out of the physical world. We're physical. And we've been brought to the Madrega to the level in order that we should serve God through the mitzvahs. What a tremendous level. So how can we possibly have the chutzpah to ask reward on top of that? Like we said before, the reward is that we get to serve God, that we get to come close to God. What else could we possibly want? And that we were chosen to do mitzvahs, that should be the greatest reward. And the Sfas Emes explains that since it says do not act like servants who want to receive reward, mashma, we are servants. Our sole purpose in life is to serve God. And he says another beautiful thing. He says, why would a person want to receive things for himself when he has the possibility to cling to the source of life? He can instead cling to God by doing everything totally for Hashem. And instead he chooses to cling to himself. What does he have to offer himself? God is the source of life. Do it L'Shem Shemayim, 100%. And he says we can learn this from the angels. The angels don't receive any reward. And God wants us to be like an angel. Where else can we learn this? From all natural phenomenon. All the natural world does God's will. Without reward. A flower doesn't grow to be a flower in order to receive reward. A flower is a flower. From there we can learn, we can learn from the world itself that we should be serving God just like all of nature serves God. We have free will. Yeah, but we should use our free will to be like the angels, to serve God because that's what we're created to do. And not for some other side factor that we want something else out of life. So the Chavos Levavos explains that there's three reasons why man acts the way he does. And he doesn't do things 100% for the sake of heaven. He says the first trait is the great love you have for yourself and your desire for self-gratification. And he explains if you can distance yourself from this quality, it's going to help a lot. The second trait is, he explains, is you imagine that blessing is obtained by you asking for it, by you doing the mitzvah, and you're thinking, wow, I'm going to do this mitzvah in order to receive a reward that's actually causing the reward to come. He says, that's ridiculous. God is giving you exactly what you need right now. He's rewarding you and he's giving you everything you need. So how can you possibly think it's in your hands whether you're going to receive a reward or not? Do it L'Shem Shemayim. Do it for the right reasons. You don't have any control over what's going to come in anyway. And the third trait is, he says, you consider yourself worthy of the greatest of all blessings. And when you serve God, you look at it like you're doing God a favor. He says, listen, God doesn't need you. God doesn't need you. You need God. We think we're doing God a favor, and therefore we do it in order to receive a reward. God, look what I'm doing. I'm really doing a big favor. I'm really mysterious nephish. God doesn't need us at all. He'll get somebody else. God has no needs. He doesn't need us. So everything that happens, we're doing for ourselves. We're doing the mitzvahs for our good. Not to receive a reward in this world. We're doing it for our good because Hashem told us to do it. The mitzvah itself is the reward. The closest to God is reward and God doesn't need us. Everything is pure chesed. So with these three qualities, we can overcome this problem. The first one again is self-gratification. The second is thinking that we can control whether we're going to be blessed or not. And the third one is thinking that God actually needs us. If we get rid of those things, we could actually uplift ourselves to a level where we really serve God, the Shem Shemayim, 100% for the sake of God. 
He continues and says, Your creator thinks of you and knows better than you what is good for you or what's not good for you. So if you would be happy with what God gives you, you'd be able to serve him with a pure heart. He says, everything that's happening is exactly what you need. What are you going after reward for? What are you running? Hashem's giving you exactly what you need. And therefore, you're able to serve him with a pure heart once you understand that. And the Orchat Sadim explains, what does it mean to love God? Let a man abandon all he loves and cleave to the love of a creator. It is the sole gift of the saintly, the prophets, and the consecrated ones. In the end, there is nothing higher than the love of God. And what is this love? The pining of the soul to cleave to his divine light. So how does this happen? When the soul becomes sensitive to its own good apart from the body and desires to be spiritual, just like a sick man desires to be healed, then the soul will find in itself its own light and its own power. And what happens? The soul becomes filled with love. And this love is bound up with joy. And the joy overtakes him. And it overcomes his pleasures and the worldly desires. And because of the love of God, his whole direction changed. He's not running after this world anymore. And all of life, he says, is like children's play compared to the love of God. And all he can think about is, how can I serve God? And how can I bring merit to my fellow man? And sanctify God's name? And sacrifice himself for the love of God? He says, what will he do at that point? He who serves at a love occupies himself with Torah and mitzvahs and walks in the path of wisdom for no worldly reward whatsoever and no fear of evil or expectation for good. But he pursues the truth because it's true. And the good automatically comes. But one can only come to love God by knowing Him. The love will correspond to the knowledge. The less knowledge, the less love. And the more knowledge, the more love. And when a man reflects upon the great things and recognizes all of the creations, from angels to planets to man, and he sees the wisdom of the Holy One in everything that's been formed and created. He grows in love for his Creator, and his soul thirsts, and his flesh longs to love him. And he is feared and awed by his own humbleness, and the fact that he's so small and insignificant in comparison to all of the creation. He sees as a nothing. A person who understands his place, he knows that he's a nothing. He knows that everything is chesed Hashem, everything is kindness, and God doesn't need us at all. Of course he'll come to serve God with a pure heart, not to receive reward, just because he was created to do such a thing. He was created to serve God. Here's a powerful So there's a verse in Bar that says, And the stranger who approaches shall die. You cannot go into the Holy of Holies. A regular person cannot get close to this holy place. If he does, he'll die. So the Magi Maduva asks, How can it be that Titus and all of his soldiers weren't afraid to go into the base of Mikdash and take the Kalim? So he wants to explain with a marshal. One time there was a blind thief. How can, he used to figure out how to steal. He was blind. So they asked him, wait, aren't you afraid? How do you go into people's houses? Aren't you afraid? He says, listen, people know me. They know that I'm the blind thief. 
As soon as I walk into a house, they start screaming, here's the blind thief. But if I walk into a house and nobody says a word, I know there's nobody there. And that's a sign that I can take whatever I want. So too, it says in Megillus Eicha, the adversary stretched forth his hand upon all the precious things. How can it be they weren't afraid? Because the second half of the Pusik says, For she saw the nations enter a sanctuary. In other words, once the nations saw that there was nobody home at the base of Migdash, they were able to destroy it. It's time for Great Stories About Great Rabbis. Rav Yitzchak Zilberstein brings down a story about a Jewish businessman. This Jewish businessman said, you know, I made Hashem my partner. Before I make a business deal, I pray that Hashem should help me, that I should be able to make money in order to support yeshivas, in order to give tzedakah. So one time I had to go, he had to go to this small town in Africa somewhere. And he's walking down this road, this dirt road, and he sees this huge black man looking at him. And he gets very afraid, starts to say, Vidui, this guy's going to kill me. What happened? The guy looked at him, and the guy left. After that, policemen came by. They said, we're looking for this guy. Did you see this guy? He said, yeah, I saw that guy. He went this way. So the police explained to him, this was a very dangerous man. He's killed many people before. He was in jail. He just escaped from jail. And already since he got out of jail, he's already killed a couple of people. I'm very surprised he didn't touch you. So what happened? Later on, they caught this guy. So during the questioning, they asked, why didn't you kill that Jewish guy on the road? You saw that Jewish guy? He said, yeah, of course I saw him. But he had two bodyguards with him. So I left. This is a true story. And the Tehillim says, He will charge his angels for you to protect you in all of your ways. If you bring Hashem into your life, you'll have all the blessings. Learn to give, love, and communicate. This is Peace in Your Home. Rav Moshe Arnstein talks about honoring one's husband and honoring one's wife. Chazal says, Who is a kosher wife? The one who does the will of her husband. But Chazal tells us also that a man shouldn't demand more from his wife than he demands from himself. Rav Chaim Velazhin explains on the Chazal that says, Your kavod of your friend should be like your own kavod. He learns it with a chiddush. He says, that just like if you would give honor to yourself, it has no value, so too the honor that your friend gives you should have no value. He explains that when people first get married, he gives them the advice, just forget about your own kavod. It's not worth it. Because if you expect kavod, your life is not going to be a life. You're not going to get kavod. Just forget about it. Your life and your happiness is more important than your own kavod. But he explains that many times people have, religious people especially, have a problem with kavod. Because kavod is a spiritual disease, actually. Kavod is a spiritual thing, and therefore people who are spiritual have to be more careful about it. But on the other hand, you have to give kavod to the other person. The wife should give kavod to her husband if that's what her husband needs. And her husband should give kavod to his wife. And especially since Chazal explains that blessing comes into a man's house only because of the way that he treats his wife. Moshe didn't want to divorce the poor, even though he can no longer be with women, because he said, when I married her, I was poor, and now I'm a king, and it's because of her. One time, Rav Levine was traveling in a cab, and the cab asked, where's your house? He didn't answer. And then the cabbie said, where's your, what street do you live on? So he gave an answer. 
And he explained to the cabbie, he said, listen, since my wife died, I no longer have a house. I only have a street number, but I can't really call it a house. The Arbanel says a man should treat his wife as an equal. And where do we learn that from? There's a Midrash that says, Hashem, when he created the woman, he didn't take from the man's eyes, because then it would be like the woman was the highest part of man. And he didn't take from his feet, because then she would be lowly. He took from his rib, would make them equal. And a man should give cover to his wife just because she has children. She's Messiris Nefesh. It's life-threatening to have children. Adam Arisha was thrown out of God Aiden. Why? Because he didn't have gratitude. If you want to have peace in your house, you have to have gratitude towards the other person. And automatically, because of the gratitude, you will give them cover. Okay, that's it for this week's podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. And please share it with your friends. Thank you for listening. To get more enthusiasm for your Judaism, become a free member at globalyeshiva.com.